lift our hearts with our hands and love him. Try to make that 100%. Come on. Oh, I bless you, Lord. I worship you, Holy Savior. I worship you, Holy Savior. Thank you, thank you, thank you, dear God. Thank you, Holy God, Holy God, Holy God. And I praise you. And everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give our God a big hand. All right, if you have a Bible tonight. Very happy for each and every one of you that are here. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. So they were called because they were from Thessalonica. Told you we're Belgladians because we're from Belgrade. All right. Thank God. All right. I thank the Lord he put Spelled not here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I have no uh, yearnings to be anywhere else. I'm not uh, planning. I don't have any retirement home somewhere. Uh, want to bury me in uh, Forever Glades? That's fine. Um, dig a hole in the backyard is fine with me. My friend, when you're gone, you're gone. truth. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I am going to begin reading with verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant. Oh, I agree with that. I, agree with that. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I think we'll work on, I'll give you that good proper English. Ain't nothing going to stop me. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Sometimes we have to employ those shock words like ain't. Get your attention. 
All right. The uh, book of Thessalonians in the very first chapter, you will find that the inspiration was upon uh, the apostle, and he did talk about them that didn't obey or wouldn't obey the gospel. And I'm telling you, that's going to be a, a not good situation for people anywhere, any continent, any nation, nationality. It's going to be a big mistake, a big mistake. It's this which we have, this gospel, it came unto us not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. And uh, I want you to believe that tonight, the things that we believe, the things that we trust in, the things that we rely upon. These are, are lofty things. These are forever settled in heaven things. The Bible said that by faith Jacob worshipped, leaning upon his staff. Uh, he was at the point of, of departure, and yet, you know, he found strength by the staff. The Word of God, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The Word of God. You know, Moses... Uh, felt impressed and led of God's Spirit to place in the Ark of the Covenant where God's presence would come to meet with the high priest. Uh, he felt impressed to place in the, in the Ark that was made of wood but overlaid with gold. And on top it had what was called the mercy seat. And that the, it had two cherubims, two angels, and their faces faced one another and uh, the Bible said that in that Ark of the Covenant that he placed a pot of manna and he placed the rod of Aaron which did bud now there were a lot of different rods but only Aaron's did bud and God has his way you know when you're praying and when you're reading your Bible, and when you're doing the things that the Bible teaches to do, and you do it to God, you do it secretly, shall we say, to God, and as the Scripture says, you enter into that closet. You, you're not doing what you're doing to be seen of men. The Bible, though, teaches that in doing it to God, that He shall reward you openly, and your profiting will appear too many. The Bible talked about someone's faith that groweth exceedingly. That growth becomes obvious, evident. It's, it's out there. I, I told one mother tonight about her son. I said, look at the size of those sneakers. I said, man, he's getting big. I said, just think, now you can buy a $315 pair of sneakers. And boy, she turned her head and she said, no way. I said, yeah, not until he can go get a loan, huh, in his own name and do his own business. Then he can, then he can get his sneakers for $315. I hope not, though. I hope not. And uh, But what a crazy world we live in, right? What a crazy world. People would only want the Holy Ghost as much as they're going to want those sneakers, you know. And, of course, they're not going after Air Jordan anymore. He's passe. 
he's an old man now, you know, and uh, he shoots air balls. No, they, they want the man now that's the man of the hour. And then pretty soon he'll be too old and they'll come up with the next guy or the next woman or whatever. And, and that's the world and that's the fickleness of it. Uh, and that's the fad and the fashion and the way things will come and the way things will go. But you know what? What we have is much assurance and it's not going anywhere. You hear me? It's solid. It's solid. We're built upon the rock tonight. Everybody said amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said hallelujah. How great it is to have an experience, to have a truth, to have a message that has definitely uh, given you a solidness. And well, another place, and more than one place, talked about establishing you. This Word of God is able to establish you. It's able to cause you to take root downward. It's able to cause you to get settled. Some people have a lot of difficulty getting settled. They can't get their mind settled, so they can't get their body settled. They can't get nothing settled. They're always up in the air. They're always like the proverbial chicken with its head cut off, running around. How about that, Jake? Where's Jake? Wave up. Yeah, Jake's the man that's got the chickens. Every time I see a, a, a hen running across the road with her little chicks, I think of Jacob. Jacob the farmer. Let's, let me tell you, friend. Oh, brother. Well, I'm telling you that there are people that are just like that proverbial chicken with the head cut off, and they're just all over the place, you know. They can't get settled. They can't get their mind on the things that matter and the things that count. If they can't bloom where God wants them to bloom. They can't seem to get planted where God wants to plant them. And consequently, the sap is not filling the tree, the nutriment, and therefore they're not being able to bring forth the fruit that God desires and even ordain them to go and bring forth that fruit. You might want to realize that God's got everything set up and, and you just need to quit messing up God's plans. You need to work with the Holy Ghost. You need to submit yourself to God's will and God's plan. And everything's going to work out just fine. You do it your way and it's going to be a mess. You do it God's way going to work out. God stands behind His plan. Your plan, He ain't behind your plan. Not your plan at all. Because your plan, it just ain't no good. There's that word ain't again. What can I say? It just ain't no good. You want to you wanna get with God's plan. Amen. You want to get with the Spirit of the Lord. And, uh, you know, God's got a plan for His church, for the body of Christ. And, of course, that goes by congregation, by congregation, by congregation. But in the big picture, it is the overall body of Christ. It is the mighty congregation of the Lord. It is universal. And uh, he's, got a, he's got a church that's already in the grave. He's got those that are asleep in Christ. They're not just asleep, but they're asleep in Christ. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. And I can show you where there's some communication that takes place in the spirit world between those that are gone on and they're under an altar uh, with, with Jesus Christ. And uh, they're asleep, but yet, the, and I think that's going to have to be a reference to the body because the spirit is very much alive. The soul is very much alive. These are eternal entities, eternal part of you 
that have gone to God. And you're asleep. Your body's asleep. It's been put in the grave or been turned into ashes or whatever it's going to be. But I'm telling you what, Jesus Christ is going to cause that, uh, those that are in the grave to hear his voice. And everybody's going to hear it. But the ones that are coming out of there to everlasting life are those that are asleep in Christ. They're asleep in Christ. They're baptized, New Testament, they're baptized in Jesus' name, and they're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 And so the writer said, he said, I don't want you. I would not have you to be ignorant. I would like to help Jesus to deprive you of your ignorance. You know, has anybody here ever had dr blood drawn? They ever stick that thing in you? Draw the blood out of you? Anybody? Come on, come on, come on. Quit. Don't be sleeping on me out there. Okay? Somebody asked me one time, did we really throw songbooks at people when they slept in church? What about that, Brother Weekly? You ever seen any flying songbooks? Oh, yeah. There have been times. Aren't you glad I got rid of the songbooks a long time ago? You know why I got rid of the songbooks? Because I had people that had been in the church for 30 and 40 years, and you got the songbook out, and they got the songbook. When we all get to heaven. Then we had the other one, you know. I will beat you in the morning. Actually, it was I'll meet you in the morning, but all the kids thought it was I'll beat you in the morning. And then there's I'll live on. Only the, all the kids thought we were singing olive oil. And, uh, you know, so I get rid of the songbooks because people couldn't worship because they knew the songs by heart. But if you had a songbook, they're going to read the songbook. That's what they were going to do. So I just decided to get rid of the songbooks. And uh, so now I don't know. Maybe we should get a screen because they say that then we could flash the words up there. New people could learn the words. I feel like if you get in here and you pay attention, you listen, you worship, you'll learn the songs. You'll learn the words. But um, either way, be that as it may, if we ever do it, we might have to do it in three languages to help everybody, you know. And, uh, but the point being that we don't want to uh, be ignorant. We, we, I want to stick that Holy Ghost needle in you, that syringe, and draw out the ignorance, the lack of knowledge. Let's, let's start learning about how God does things. God has a way of doing things. And it's, he made it clear in Isaiah it's, it ain't your way of doing things. That's our theme song tonight, ain't, is not, okay? It is not your way of doing things, all right? God's ways are above your ways. God's ways are better than your ways. God's ways are going to bring happiness. God's ways are going to get you settled. Trouble is, you know what? Some people don't want to get settled. They don't want to get settled. They want to be wiggle worms all their lives. They want to be chickens with their heads cut off all their lives. They, they just want to be uh, squawking around and, and jumping around and twisting around. And, and they just can't see the value. Now, I could tell you about somebody that couldn't see the value. I could tell you about somebody that looked at that which was priceless and said, I'm going to sell that for 30 pieces of silver, less than $20. His name was Judas Iscariot. And you know how he was described in Mark 14 and 21? Good that he'd never been born. 
been better if he had never been born since he betrayed the Lord. I'm going to tell you, you do it God's way. You, you have faith, have faith in God's way. He's, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for you individually because we are, yes, we are members one of another. Collectively, overall, universal, yes. But we're also members individually. And God's looking at every last living one of us. And God knows our names. He knows everything about us, okay? And He knows our characteristics. He knows our struggles. He knows our, our uh, what did David say? You know my down sittings. Well, some people are so unsettled, they can't even sit down for a little while. They're always fidgeting, always fussing, and always moving about. You know, I notice you're sitting very still right now, okay? You're really, really trying hard to, to control right now, aren't you? All right, well, maybe it's the beginning of wisdom. I don't know. But uh, he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. First of all, sometimes you worry too much about them. Hmm? Always worried about them. Always worried about them. It's like one guy that was always worried about the devil. The devil this, the devil that, the devil the other, the devil the other. Until finally my pastor said, where is he? Show him to me. He said, I'll knock the socks off of him. Always worried about, you know, the wrong things, you know. But that's part of being unsettled, isn't it? That's part of being uh, all helter-skelter. That speaks of uh, Genesis chapter 1. You know what you need? You need a, a good move of the Holy Ghost in your life. You're telling me, yes, I'm telling you. There's nothing wrong with you but what a good dose of the Holy Ghost will cure it. You don't need penicillin. <laughs> you don't need Advil or one of those other things that, by the grace of God, I've never had since I've been in the church. I haven't. And I thank God. I thank God. The only thing I came close was they gave me two very tiny, hardly could see them, antibiotics. That's it. And I thank God. He's been my healer. By the way, miracle took place today. Andrea Kennedy was told that she had cancer again, lump. Went and had tests, that's plural, and they all came back negative today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Everybody said hallelujah. I want to continue to pray for her uh, daughter, one of the twins, uh, getting ready to go in to have some work done. We're praying that God's going to bring a, a good answer to this situation, and I know that he will. Her name is Jovi. So let's continue to remember her in prayer. But thank God for that beautiful miracle. And I think I told you just the other night about how the Lord healed Senior Sister Feld of that cancer and how many years ago that's been now. And so let's keep that good faith in memory and summon those things up when you're talking to God. You remind God. I'm not saying he needs reminding, but you go ahead and remind him anyway. You just, you just pray and you remind him of all the marvelous things that he hath done. And now 
may we now say, if it hadn't have been for the Lord. Woo. Oh, boy. I'm so glad for the Lord. I'm so glad for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So I'm not going to not going to be so concerning them. I'm interested in what's here and what's now. I'm not going to be worried about way down the road and I'm not going to worry about what's behind me. I'm I'm living right here and right now. Right here, right now. Everybody said amen. Our pastor went to pray one time, and uh, he prayed out in the woods back in those days. That's pretty much what there was, lots of woods and forests. Uh, there weren't many buildings to speak of, brush arbors and cottage prayer meetings, things of that nature. You'd walk 20 miles. I said, walk 20 miles. I know some people wouldn't walk 20 feet. Maybe if, if it's 20 feet to get to the car, that'd be about it. They walked 20 miles one way to go to a prayer meeting. And uh, he went out in the woods and big old fallen log and and uh, he was going there to kneel down and begin to pray and there was a big old knot in the log and I guess something caught his eye and he, there was a snake in that knot of that log and he just said, well, said first things first. He found him a nice sapling with just enough limber to it. And he cut that off and went over there and juked it down in that hole and got that snake and whooped him and took care of him and said, Now, we got that taken care of. We can have prayer. Well, I want you to understand something. There's some devils that dog your, your heels. There's some devils that are just lurking right around that, you might want to take care of that. You might want to tell yourself, I don't need to worry about this, and I don't need to worry about that, and I don't need to worry about them, and I don't need to worry about what they're saying or what they're doing. I need to pray. I need to get settled. I need to settle into some good prayer here. I need to get my mind on the good spiritual things of God. Amen. I don't want you to be lacking in knowledge about these things, particularly concerning them which are asleep. Amen. You know, those that are asleep in Christ, they're, they're there, man. They're there. They're just waiting for the trumpet. Okay? They're in good hands. They're in fine shape. Nothing to worry about them. Now, you've got ridiculous teachings among denominations, particularly one, that are worried about dead people and they want to they tell you that you can be baptized for your great, 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 great grandmother. And that's, that's not biblical, okay? That's not biblical at all. Let me tell you, if great, 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 great grandmother isn't baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, then you might as well not concern yourself with that anymore. And you might want to be thinking about, Grandma, that's right here and right now. That's what you might better think about. You might better think about your sons and your daughters. You might want to be praying about yourself and get settled in the prayer room. There's more can be done there than you can do any other way. Amen. So, don't want you to be, brother, be ignorant, brethren, concerning 
Should I say, be ignorant, brethren and sistren, <laughs> concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope? Why would you equate the two? I'm telling you, if you're baptized in Jesus' name and you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you have gone on to fall asleep in Christ, they're fine. That's why, what day did we do that? Monday? I think it was Monday. That's why I called some of the men and I said, uh, we're going to the pool and we're going to baptize by faith Sister Beckford, 83 years old. We baptized her in Jesus' name, Monday. Thank God. Amen. So I feel a whole lot better. Right now, I feel a whole lot better about her future. Okay? Everybody said amen. All right. Because I know we baptized her. And I know we did it the Bible way. All right. Glory. So, don't sorrow, even as others which have no hope. There are some people out there that are in this world without hope and without God. I want to get them hope because I want to get them God. I want to get the gospel to them, the truth to them. And I want to make sure. Sister Mary Baton's not here tonight, but she used to tell me, I asked her one day, I said, and, uh, how were you baptized? And she said, well, I was baptized in Cuba or something. And I said, yeah. I said, how long? She said, a long, long time. I said, good. We're going to baptize you again, girl. I said, because I want to do it. I want to I know. All these prayers I'm praying for you. Every time you're up here, you're lifting your hat. And you want me to lay hands on you. I don't want that to be in vain. Okay? So we're going we're gonna to baptize you, girl. So she said, all right. So we baptized her in Jesus' name. Thank God. I want to know, you know. I want to be assured because this salvation comes with much assurance. So I want to make sure you get this assurance. This salvation. I want you to have this. No reason to miss it. He said, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not Prevent them which are asleep. Ain't nothing going to stop me. Nothing going to prevent me. No, and I don't have to worry about anybody getting there ahead of me. I don't have to worry about I'm going to be a half a second behind. I don't have to worry about somebody cutting in line and pushing me to back. I don't have to worry about nothing is going to prevent me from being with him. Not television. Not movies. Not videos, not games, not nothing by the grace of God. Help me, Jesus. I don't want anything to prevent me, to stop me, to hinder me, to, de to somehow defer or delay me, get in the way. Don't want it. They don't want it. But he said they're not going to do it. They're not going to prevent them. Oh, no. Not going to happen. Nope. And he said, you know what, for the Lord himself, I'm telling you what, he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his people. And everybody said amen. amen. How beautiful that's going to be. And they're going to be people that are going to say, where did you get those wounds in your hands? And he's going to say, in the house 
of my friends. But you know what? Not going to be in the, in the church house that we worship in. There's not no wounds coming from us. We're bringing worship. We're bringing praise. We're bringing his truth. I'm glad he's coming back for the church and get the prepositions right. He's coming back for the church, for the church. He's going to come get us. And he's going to, the book said he's going to come with a shout. This is for the church. It's going to be a shout. I don't know that anybody else is going to hear it. I really don't believe they're going to. When the apostle, man who became the apostle Paul, got knocked, slapped down on the ground. And uh, he heard a voice and he heard words, but the rest of them didn't hear it. They didn't get it, friend. They didn't get it all. But God reached right into the crowd and pulled this man out. Do you know that God has reached into many of you, your homes? He might not have saved the others, but he got you. And you better thank God he got you. You better be glad the long arm of Jesus Christ that reached to your low valley and pulled you out and got you washed in the blood, gave you words that you heard and spoke. As his spirit gave the utterance. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Coming with a voice himself. He's going to descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. With the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive. Now, that could be we, us. But I, I, I do believe that the Lord's coming is soon. But I also believe by Scripture that there are still some things to be fulfilled before he will return for the church. But there's not very many that the book teaches that are left to be fulfilled. So you want to live like he could come for you any second, for you individually. But he, he's got some things that are going to be fulfilled before he comes for the church universally. But they that are in the grave, friend, they're going to hear his voice. And they're going to come out of there to life everlasting. And a thousand years later after that, then the rest of them are going to hear his voice, but they're coming out to everlasting shame and damnation. So I want to be in that first resurrection. Everybody said amen. amen. Oh, yes. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. That's where the word rapture comes from, caught up together with them in the clouds. The alive remain, the dead in Christ, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words the words the words are comforting when you're going through a difficult time when you find the enemies coming up in your face when you have things that are entering your ears that are uh, disturbing your peace of mind when you're feeling somewhat challenged, then get to this book. Get to the closet of prayer. Come to church. Go to pre-service prayer. Come to prayer meeting. Keep the schedule. Stay involved. It's going to help you through trying times. I, there are people that do not believe that the church is going to go through tribulation or a, tribu a tribulation time or a time of tribulation. The Bible, from what I read and what I study, it most certainly teaches it. And there is a, there's a training that's get, that gets us ready because if you live godly for Jesus Christ, you're going to suffer. You're going to have to tolerate and put up with and suffer 
tribulation. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be challenging times. There's going to be adversity. These things are going to take place. And the Bible said that if you faint in the day of adversity or tribulation, that your strength is small. So you've got to, we've got to build up ourselves, the Bible said, on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost that we might be able to withstand all the different trials and tribulations and testings and tribulation that's going to come our way. But all of that is going to serve to get us ready for the time when this whole world is going to be shaken. And when I mean every kind of moral is going out, things that were built in for a long time, they're going to go out the, out the window. And people are going to degenerate and descend lower and lower into bestial-like attitudes and thoughts. And the church, though, is going to shine more and more for the things that are pure and right and godly as we stay with the things of God and we live the things of God and we let our light so shine and we, we, we trim our lamps real good and we put it up on the top of the table. We're not putting it under a bushel basket. I'm not, not going to hide it under the things of this world. I don't want to hide it under television and under movies and under ball games and, and under immodesty and under different things, uh, uh, the gold and the silver and the, and the ornaments of this world. I don't want us to allow ourselves to slip into these things. One woman made the statement that she stopped wearing, you know, she got o o Miss Obama arms now. That's become quite a style in our society, ladies, that they're not wearing anything from the shoulder down on their arms. And, uh, I, and this person claiming to be in the church, claiming to be not just a pastor's wife now, but a pastor, said, quote, unquote, I finally got victory over my fat arms. And I said, oy vey, I hope she doesn't get victory over her fat thighs. What would we, what would we, we be in for then? You know, because if, if getting victory over your fat arms takes your sleeves from the shoulder to the wrist or three-quarter down, gone, disappeared, then uh, what's going to happen? When you get victory over your fat thighs, how high is your hemline going to go? You know, I think you, you've, uh, Sister Ann maybe could tell you the famous painter that did the scream. Wasn't he from Holland? I'm sorry? Okay. And uh, uh, he has that famous painting that shows the person screaming. You know, it's called the scream. I think it just sold for like $5 million. I wouldn't have given you five cents for it unless I bought it for Sister Ann. But, uh, but my point is, is that the reason, evidently the reason that he got inspired to paint this was because it, he lived right near an insane asylum. Okay? Well, we're living in an insane world. And more and more people are losing their minds. And they're losing... Their, uh, people that are supposed to be in the church are losing their sense of, of reference point and they're losing their bearing and they're, they're losing their anchor and uh, they, they are refusing authority and uh, they are severing connections with good authority. Don't you know that when that little snip came in there and started dancing for Herod that uh, he, he went foolishly and spoke in his pride and said, whatever you want, you've so uh, entertained me that whatever you want to the half of my kingdom is yours. 
Even though she was a four instructed, she ran back to mama and said, what do we tell him? She said, you know what I told you. You go back there and tell him I want the head of John the Baptist. I want the preacher's head in a basket. And so that's what she did. And, and this king was sorry, yet for his oath's sake, because of its pride, he added yet more sin when sin becomes exceedingly sinful. He added more sin to his already sinful life. And he went and sent and went and had John the Baptist beheaded and had his head brought in a charger to that woman. Some people only want the preacher's head. Some people cannot stand Holy Ghost authority, and they sever that authority. They cut it off. They want to have rebellion in their life. They want no accountability in their life. They just want to live any way they want to live, and they find them some little catchy phrase, I finally got victory over my fat thighs or my fat arms. And they think that that humor will excuse their sinful behavior. But I'm hoping that God will deprive them of their ignorance. I'm hoping. I hope. Everybody said amen. And I hope the people that follow those kind of people will get deprived of their ignorance. But you know what happens, don't you, church family? You know why people don't stick with the right thing and they gravitate towards the wrong thing because the bible said the prophets or the preacher the person involved is preaching lies and said and my people god said my people love to have it so they love the television that the other guy lets them have they love the movie theater that the other guy lets them go to they love the adornment gold and silver and pearls etc etc they love the the, sh the uh, relaxing of the biblical standards of modesty and holiness. That's why, that's why they don't gravitate or stick with or come to what's right. They go, water uh, finds a path of least resistance. It flows downhill. And they, they get very deluded in their faith and their thinking. And they, they, they're more uh, fleshly comfortable uh, uh, um, around the weakness, around the permissible. And uh, that's why. And as one place said about their way of describing it, they said, the place where you dwell is too straight for us. They want to be in the crooked place. I read where this word will straighten out the crooked. Amen. And if you're going to get the manna, if you're going to get the manna of God, you're going to have to sit under the rod of authority that is budding you hear me? That's what he put in the ark. In there with the commandments, the two tables of testimony. He put the two tables of testimony, the commandments of God. He put the manna, the pot of manna, the angel's food, the corn from heaven. He put that in there, and he put the rod of Aaron that budded, which represents authority. Okay? You're going to have to Submit yourself to the preaching and the authority of the Word of God if you're going to have the manna and the commandments of God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Amen and amen. Let's take a moment in closing, lift our hearts with our hands right where we are. And let's worship Him. Nothing, ain't nothing going to keep me from making it. Hear me now. By the grace of God, ain't nothing going to keep. Nothing means so much 
God, help me to put it under my feet. God, help me to say no. God, help me to be delivered day in and day out. Help me. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Ghost. Come on now. 